Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up and welcome into the Thursday edition, a game day edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, who is prepping for tonight's preseason finale between the Saints and the Baltimore Ravens. Sean will be in the booth alongside Joel Myers and John Stinchcomb on CST, and John DeShazer and Mike Neighbors will be on the sidelines. Not only is today a Saints game day, but it's the first big night of college football. Yes, very excited to see some college football tonight and this weekend. SEC fans will have a good matchup tonight when Texas A&M heads to Columbia, South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks. Also, it's locally a game day for the Tulane Green Wave. They make their American Athletic Conference debut against an old conference USA foe in Tulsa. We will preview that game as well on today's show with the voice of the Green Wave, Todd Graffanini. Also on today's show, Sean Kelly sits down with Brian Dixon, the undrafted rookie out of Northwest Missouri State. Tonight will be a big night for him, trying to make the 53-man roster. And Sean will also talk to him about his twin brother, Brandon, who is fighting for a roster spot with the New York Jets. So a big night for the Dixons. Of course, we can't have a show without previewing tonight's game. Joel Myers, like I mentioned earlier, will be calling the game for CST. He stops by Studio B to give us some Saints storylines to look out for. On a side note, Joel will also be calling Tulane's home opener next week on ESPN News, so it all comes full circle here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll also get a Ravens perspective on tonight's game from Jeff Zrebeck, who is a beat writer covering the Ravens for the Baltimore Sun. He'll tell us about some positional battles to look out for tonight and much more. So today should be a good show, getting you ready for tonight's preseason finale. And we'll get that going next with Sean Kelly's interview with rookie corner Brian Dixon. Welcome to the start of the football season with a Saints kickoff run presented by Chevron. It's a family-friendly 5K event on Saturday, September 6th. The run starts in Champion Square and finishes on the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. New this year is a corporate cup challenge for largest team, a costume contest, and a half-mile Play 60 fun run for kids. Proceeds benefit the New Orleans Recreation Development Commission and the Louisiana Children's Museum. Registration for the Saints kickoff run is now open at Saints5K.com. 
In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. You know, Brian Dixon, rookie cornerback from Northwest Missouri State, joins us. Brian, I'm, I'm wondering if, if, if any Saints fans know where St. Joseph, Missouri is. <laughs> Hopefully. I know they, they probably don't because it's a small community, small town, ducked off in Missouri somewhere, so they probably don't know where that's at. Never heard of it, probably. How'd you find it? Now, I should, full disclosure, I, I started my college career at Northeast Missouri State, which is now Truman State. So I, that's the only reason I know where St. Joe, Missouri is. But how did you find that place? I found it um, through um, the internet. I was I was um, about to go to um, a D1 school, Kansas State, but um, my grades didn't transfer over there. So I was trying to go to the number one D2, Division II school in the country. And at that time, it was Northwest Missouri State. So I decided to go there um, upon their rankings, how, how they come about it every year, and how their team looking every year. So I just wanted to be a part of the best team in the country which we did when 15 and 0. So, where's home? Um, um, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So Fort Lauderdale to St. Joe, Missouri. Did you did you learn a little bit about a America? I guess <laughs> with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I realized that it's places places are different in this world. It's a lot of farms over there. Um, it's a small town, but but you know you got it's a sacrifice too as well. I had to make that sacrifice to be here where I'm at today. Um, being part of New Orleans Saints is a very good thing. I feel so happy to be here, man. And I'm glad I took that sacrifice to leave home, which is a big city, to go to an even smaller city, smaller um, town. So You got to play with your brother there, didn't you? Yeah, I was, he was number one and I was number two. Um, we had the best secondary in the country. According to? Um, D2 football. <laughs> and the Dixon house, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, he. Um, how would you say, have you been able to talk to him during your your camps here, I know that he's been grinding like you. I talk to my brother every night um, mm -hmm. at the practice. We ask each other how practice going, um, how, how, how it's looking over there for him. I told him to keep his head up after the, um, the poor game he had last week. And tell him, and I told him that um, even the greats went through that. Everybody make mistakes. Nobody, We all ain't perfect. Just go back and make the next play and do better the next game. So I, I, we try to keep each other's heads up, when we, each one feeling down and stuff like that. And um, just try to stay positive with him, tell him all the right things, tell him to stand his playbook, and everything's going to work out for the best. Can you imagine if both of you guys make the rosters you want to make and, and what that will mean for your family? Man, I, that means a lot for my family because me and my twin came from a long way, man. Going, going to um, a junior college, then Northwest Missouri State. Um, we, we didn't come out like a lot of the D1, Division One guys and stuff like that. So it would mean a very lot to my family being the, um, the second person, second family member to go to the NFL. Uh, um, Benny Sapp was our first, my, my, um, my first cousin. So it, it, it would mean a very lot to my family, man, just by us making it to the NFL, um, making this roster and he making the New York Jets. It means a very lot. Small school guys, twins, the odds are against you guys a little bit. It, and so therefore everybody wants to say probably, well, that just makes you guys hungry. Um, is that just putting a cliche on it, or is that very true? No, that's very true. Coming from a small school, being underrated all your life, 
Um, people not knowing about you, it makes you go out there and work even harder. Just want to show the world your talent and show them that you can do what the Division One guys did and show them that you can play on this national football level. So it, just, it makes you real hungry. Um, you work hard and you just want to just put your face out there and just, just show these coaches that you got the potential to play here and, and just be a great teammate and stuff like that. So, Training camp has come to a close. What surprised you more than anything else? That I'm still here. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but about the process itself, did you did you have an idea of what you were into, or was it kind of an eyes wide open day by day? Um, for me, I, I leave it all in God's hands, man. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about what, what I was what I, what I was going against and stuff like that. Like everything happened for a reason, so like I just left it all in God's hands. I don't stress over anything. I just go out here and do what I can do and just control what I can't control, not just making plays on the field and being a great player on special teams. You've made it to the round of 75. You just candidly said, you know, your your joy in, in still being here. There's that one more cut coming this weekend. But in between, as we're speaking candidly, there's this preseason game on Thursday night. Um, what does that game mean to you, and how are you looking at the ball game against Baltimore? Oh, this game means a lot to me. I'm going to go out there hungry this game. I'm going to play fast. Um, I'm gonna play. I'm, I'm gonna just give it all, man, because it's the last game, and you got to put everything on the line. Um, because um, you just have to, you know, if, if you want to make the team. Just being realistic. So, for for this game, I'm just letting it all out there. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to have a better game than I had did last week, and um, I'm just let it all out, man. Just let my let the world see my talent. So, I hear so many people down on the fourth preseason game. Oh, I can't watch that. Oh, why are we playing four? Means a lot more to you guys, doesn't it? Yeah, it means a lot because our job is on the line, and everybody, everybody trying to win a job out here right now. So, for for us out here, putting in the work every day, coming to practice, being in the film room, it means a lot to us because some people have kids and families they got to take care of, and um, it just means a lot that that the people that really taking it serious can 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 most truthfully make this team. So. Um, yeah, it means a lot to the players who putting in all the work out here, but probably not to the people out in the country. Some people, so yeah. Yeah. Brian, how do you how do you mix or how do you straddle? I'm gonna show them something on Thursday, put my heart and soul into it, and then maybe pressing too much. You know what I mean? Avoid a silly penalty, being maybe overly aggressive on a coverage. How do you kind of keep it in between those two? It just just I, I've been playing football since I was probably seven years old, eight years old. So it's just going out do you, just feel comfortable. Don't try to do too much. Just play the game and let the plays come to you. Don't try to make every play. Um, your play going to come to you if you do your job. So so don't – for me, I'm not going to go out there and just be all tensed up and um, trying to make every play. I'm, I'm just going to do my job and just control what I can't control, make my plays. And then if I can have the chance to make another play, then I would do it. But – it just be yourself out there, then you won't you you will be in that between that line, but you can't don't be too tense. Just play football. We've been doing it so long, so no reason to change. I don't know if you're superstitious or not, but do you have a good luck charm or a certain routine that you'll go do on Thursday to make sure that everything goes the right way? Pray. <laughs> <laughs> I just pray before the game, and um, tell God just to guide me through, and um, tell Him to lead me through the way and make, just make me have a great game. And um, just keep me protected, safe, injury-free. Not so my teammates injury-free too as well. So 
that, that's my good luck charm, just leaving it all in God's hands. That's a wise choice, young man. Appreciate the visit. Nice job. Thanks, man. Appreciate yep. it. Cornerback Brian Dixon with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue after this timeout. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana with more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region. Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. It's Saints game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. As I mentioned earlier, Saints and Ravens tonight, preseason game number four, and here to get a Saints perspective on the game is the man calling the game for CST, Joel Myers here in Studio B. Joel, thanks for coming by today. It is my pleasure. Anytime I can be here with you on the campus, the facility, I really appreciate it. I like it too. Um, Joel, Saints played well last week. Uh, Drew Brees, two possessions, two touchdowns. Uh, the Saints offense looked really good. Same with the defense. Saints offense looked hard to believe. Looked like game eight of the regular season. That's how good Drew Brees looked for a guy that had not played and had the obliques train to, boy, be as efficient as he was. Are we spoiled? I mean, think so. yeah, we're all <laughs> spoiled. I mean, this is a window with Drew Brees at 35, and, and everybody knows it around here because of the passion for this franchise, but this is a window of opportunity. And I just read over the last couple of days, and I think it was on CBSSports.com, they had six or seven of their regular NFL writers that cover the league, not just teams. And out of the, I'd say if it's six, three had the Packers, three had the Saints, mm -hmm. representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And on the other side of the AFC, they had the Patriots, and they had the Broncos. Yeah. And it was just like right down the middle. So uh, the depth of this team, it is on display already in the preseason. And a lot of that will be displayed tonight. Um, fourth preseason game means not a lot of starters. Drew Brees, not a lot. But you'll see a lot of Ryan Griffin, Luke McCown. What are some of the storylines for tonight's game? Well, who handles the opportunity? And who holds up under pressure of winning a job? Because it breaks down to how many they want to keep at various positions. How many running backs are they going to have? Obviously, it's Mark Ingram, Pierre Thomas, Traveras Cadet with Ty Kyrie Robinson as the third tailback. Cadet, though, is the return specialist. So uh, then how many wide receivers are you going to have? And uh, the bubble guys. And then who goes to the practice squad or can get to the practice squad without being picked up by another squad, another team? Uh, it's a real interesting game. There's and, and with the Saints in particular, there aren't that many jobs open. When you have an elite team like the Saints – there's not going to be that many opportunities. Mm -hmm. So to make this squad, you're on one of the top two or three teams in the NFL, not just the NFC. So it's a difficult decision. Uh, who can help out on specials is going to be a key. And especially when you look at the, the linebackers, 
and also some of the guys with the defensive secondary, the speed guys that can help out on specials, on kick and punt returns. So you've seen this team for three uh, preseason games. Which guys have stuck out to you the most or which ones have impressed you the most so far? Well, uh, Mark Ingram looks exceptional. And Pierre Thomas, you know what you're going to get. He's a pro and he's a quality ball player. Uh, the backup positions have been interesting. Uh, the battle at center, of course, Lolito and Jonathan Goodwin. Uh, who's going to be the starting center? Obviously, the, the you got Pro Bowl guards and Streif and, and Armstead fixtures on the outside on the offensive line. So there's so many pluses. The battle for kicking, for whether it's yeah. Derek Dimke or Graham. And then the backup quarterback. You know what you get with Luke McCown. And he showed his versatility last week on a couple of scrambles. And then Ryan Griffin. So it's an interesting scenario. But uh, the real battle to me is really at linebacker, some of the backup spots, linebacker, uh, defensive line potentially, and also in the secondary. Now looking at if you're Sean Payton, what are you trying to accomplish in the this game? Is it more of the position battles? Is it more playbook? What are you trying to accomplish here if you're Sean Payton? Well, he's, he's got to find out about some guys on film. So I'm, I think it's more position battle. The scoreboard doesn't mean anything right. in the preseason. It's about getting guys on film and finding out how they look in particular situations that you put them in, that you wanted to see, whether it was a nickel or a dime package or if it's a guy in the secondary or how a linebacker does in a particular setup in the scheme. So uh, more than anything, it's snap by snap for these position battles for Sean Payton. It, it's not really uh, the playbook. Mm -hmm. uh, for Ryan Griffin, to a certain extent, it could be uh, a little bit because he is so young. Mm -hmm. um, but, boy, has he shown a great deal for a guy out of Tulane in only his second season. It's a really nice story locally. There's no question about that. Will it be something you see Ryan Griffin for one half and Luke McCown in one half, or is it going to be a drive-by-drive? Drive? Do you think in certain situations they might throw Ryan Griffin in a two-minute drill and Luke McCown in another thing? Do you think they'll kind of split it evenly as far as snaps for those two? Yeah, for the most part. But I, I think game situations are going to dictate it. As you mentioned, he may want to see one or the other at the end of a half with a two-minute uh, drill, uh, a hurry-up offense. So it, basically the game is going to dictate when you talk about the quarterback position. But the, the knowns are, are more apparent with Luke McCown than Ryan Griffin. And, and, you know, Ryan Griffin has grown a great deal in to come out of college in only the second season to, to grasp the playbook and look as comfortable as he has, as poised as he has. A couple of times last week he held on to it a little bit too long. But that's to be expected. He's only in his second season. McCown's 11 years later. So there's a lot of positives going into this final game. Now we're facing a team like the Ravens that we will see in the regular season November 24th. So how does that compare to facing a team that you won't see in the regular season as far as playbook, as far as running certain things? Because you don't want to tilt your hand a little bit when facing a team that you're going to see in the regular season again. Well, the I don't think you'll see gadgets, right. put it that way. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there's going to be – you pretty much know with a quarterback like Drew Brees that it's going to be difficult to stop the Saints. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to uh, go overboard and go deep into the playbook because Drew Brees is that good to, as a playmaker. He's like uh, – we talk about great point guards in basketball. Drew Brees makes everybody around him look better. And I can't wait to see with more reps – Brandon Cooks. We haven't yeah. even brought up Brandon Cooks. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, he was featured, targeted eight times in the opener and caught five and got five touches. Not quite as much over the last two. Uh, but Brandon Cooks is going to be an explosive player for the Saints down the road. There is no doubt in my mind. 
So to see Brandon Cooks get in sync with Drew Brees, things like that, and Joe Morgan healthy. Mm-hmm. How great is that to see Joe Morgan yeah. and, and running by people? Right. So uh, a lot of things to look forward to, even in game four. Now, I can't have you in here and not mention a little bit of basketball since on you call Pelicans games as well. Anthony Davis so far in Team USA, what have you seen out of him? He's been great. Well, we all know he's a generational player, mm-hmm. and I've said that on the air over the last couple of years, that he's not Tim Duncan because they're different types but he can change a franchise the way Tim Duncan did for San Antonio. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that Anthony is going to impact this franchise the same way. It's going to be a very successful long run. There are enough components now around him that this team can vie for a playoff spot, as brutal as the Western Conference is. Uh, Somebody's going to drop out. Denver is going to be better this year. They're getting healthy, and Mm -hmm. they've got Aaron Aflalo coming back from Orlando. And and he knows he's been in Denver before, before he went to Orlando. So uh, there's a lot of things going the Pelicans' way. But Denver and the Pelicans, not quite as much maybe Phoenix because they surprise people. But somebody's going to drop down. Mm -hmm. And, And if the Pelicans stay healthy, they can vie. There's no question in my mind they can battle for a playoff spot as difficult as the Western Conferences. But back to Anthony Davis, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah he's got so much game. Not only the Western Conference, but the Southwest Division, four of those five right. teams inside the Pelicans made the playoffs last year. Right. One of those has got to drop, too. Well, and it's staying healthy, and Memphis mm-hmm. made it without Marcus All. Yep. as many games as he missed. So uh, Marcus All's a free agent over the summer. They've got to deal with that issue. Mm-hmm. But fortunately for the Pelicans, they're only going to get better. Drew Holiday, Eric Gordon, Tyreek Evans, all these guys that are 24, 25, uh, coming into the prime of their basketball lives. And then you add, you bring in a John Salmons, he knows how to play. Yep. 12 years in the league. Omer Ashik is going to be a difference maker. I watched him last Sunday in the Turkey-Siberia game on the web, and he works his tail off. He never takes a trip off, runs baseline to baseline. When he goes from the block out on the wing to set a pick for a teammate, he runs there. He doesn't walk to anything. So his motor, he's going to be healthy. He will challenge his teammates in practice. Uh, as the team gets ready for the new season. So there's a as good as it is for the Saints, yeah. hopefully that just the trickle-down effect a little bit to the Pelicans, it'll pay off. Yes, a very exciting time in the Big Easy. Saints and Ravens tonight at 7 p.m. Joel Myers on the call with Sean Kelly and John Stinchcomb at 7 p.m. Joel, as always, thanks for stopping by. Anytime. Good to be in your friendly confines. That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> More to come in one minute. Tickets for the 2014-15 Pelicans home opener at the Smoothie King Center are on sale now. To score the best seats for this big game, visit pelicans.com today. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino, and hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport bossierorg or call 888-45-VISIT. Hi, it's Mark Romig. 
when I'm not announcing it's good, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. Our game day preview continues with a look at tonight's opponent, and joining me now is Baltimore Ravens beat writer for the Baltimore Sun, Jeff Zriebeck. Jeff, good morning, and how are things in Baltimore? Not bad. How are you doing? I'm good, Jeff. Thank you. Jeff, just like the Saints, the Ravens are coming into this game with a 3-0 preseason record. I know it doesn't really matter too much, but how has the team looked so far this preseason? Pretty good. Um, you know, it's been interesting. It was, uh, you know, another offseason uh, of roster turnover and a lot of coaching turnover, too. And sort of the big storyline coming into the season was how they would adapt to Gary Kubiak's new offense. It's a totally different offense from the one that Jim Caldwell ran and Cam Cameron ran before him. So uh, Joe Flacco's had to get used to that. And you know what? Uh, he's looked good. You know, he's looked sharp. Nothing outstanding, but he's been real solid. They've moved the ball, I think, on Flacco's 12 preseason possessions. They've scored points on six of them. So uh, they're right where they want to be, sort of getting better every week. The questions are more on the defense. You know, the defense hasn't been as strong uh, as, uh, you know, Ravens officials would hope. And there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of young guys in that group, but there's also some veterans like Haloti Nada, Terrell Suggs, you know, um, Elvis Doomerville. But they've had sort of a real problem keeping guys healthy on defense. They've lost two defensive ends, the season-ending injuries. Um, their secondary, their top three corners, um, you know, are, are all out with injuries, have missed a good part of the preseason. So, uh, you know, I think going into this game, uh, there's definitely more concerns on the defensive end than there is on offense. One of those defensive guys the Ravens just acquired, veteran cornerback Derek Cox. The Vikings let him go after three preseason games. Is tonight an audition for him to make this 53-man roster, Jeff? Yeah, sort of. Uh, you know, he's getting thrown in the fire a little bit. He's going to play. Uh, they ha He has to play. I mean, they just don't have a lot of healthy corners. Where Darius Webb, their top corner, has not played. It hasn't even practiced since July 25th. Um, Jimmy Smith, their number two corner, got injured in the second preseason game against the Cowboys. He's had some lung and, uh, you know, chest uh, contusion, which is not good, obviously. And then Asa Jackson, their third corner, is, um, you know, nursing uh, an ankle sprain. And, and, you know, he's just starting to, to progress a little bit, but I would be surprised if he plays. So uh, guys like, um, you know, Cox, guys like Dominic Franks, veterans, uh, they're going to have to play. And, and the, you know, for Cox, he doesn't have much time to make an impression. You know, we all know the roster cuts have to be made by Saturday afternoon. He's no sure thing. They brought him in here to take a look at him. They're still looking to add a corner uh, upgrade, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if, you know, another guy that gets released by a team, um, you know, at the end of the, uh, you know, at, by the end of Saturday that they signed him, and that could leave, uh, you know, that could leave Cox out of a job. Uh, or, you know, they still have, they're still looking to make a deal here. You know, they just cleared up some cap space by uh, restructuring their Darius Webb deal. So they have enough cap room to maybe take on somebody else's contract, uh, you know, and get another corner. So, yeah, you know, it's a big game uh, for Cox, no question. He really does not have much of a lengthy look to uh, show the coaches something and prove he belongs. On the offensive side, the Saints have two QBs battling tonight for Drew Brees' backup role. On the Ravens' side, it seems like Tyrod Taylor has that thing locked up. But it's a big game for rookie quarterback Keith Wenning. Is, it, is he trying to fight for that third roster spot if they keep three quarterbacks? Yeah, he is, um, and and you know he has you know obviously he's gotten plenty of reps in practice, but he's only really played uh, you know a couple drives, uh, you know a little more than a quarter I think the entire preseason. 
Um, that could be for many reasons. One, they've already made a decision. Two, they don't want to expose him and put him out there so, you know, he gets a long opportunity and teams could see him and maybe they like him and the Ravens, so that would, you know, prevent the Ravens from being able to pass him through Ravers and put him on a practice squad. You know, the Ravens every year talk about, you know, maybe adding, uh, you know, some insurance with the third quarterback, and they haven't done it in either last the last time they've kept uh, three quarterbacks was like four or five seasons ago. Uh, they, you know, they've had the luxury of doing it. Fr- quite frankly, Joe Flacco has given him the luxury of doing it because he's never missed a game, in, in, you know, in his six years. So uh, they've only gone with two. It looks like that's the direction they're headed again um, with just Flacco and Tyrod Taylor. However, um, you know, they'd like to keep winning in the organization as a developmental guy. So if they get the feeling that they won't be able to pass them through waivers and put them on the practice squad, uh, you know, they're going to have to find a spot for him. So uh, we'll see how much he plays tonight. Flacco certainly isn't going to see the field. So it's going to be Tyrod Taylor's show. And I would imagine at some point winning will get some snaps because they don't want to risk uh, playing Tyrod a whole game, too, because they're going to need him as a backup. So uh, that's one of the big decisions uh, as far as uh, whether they keep three quarterbacks that the Ravens are going to have to make. We're talking with Ravens beat writer for the Baltimore Sun, Jeff Zrebeck. Jeff, another positional battle to look out for tonight with the Ravens is that wide receiver. Who are some of those players battling for the fifth and possibly sixth wide receiver spots on the roster? You know, the way way it's it's kind of three or four guys right now um, battling for that spot. And it it depends how many they take. I mean, they're at least going to take five. Uh, you know, they probably will take six, but that's not set in stone. The top four are set. you got Torrey Smith, Steve Smith, Jacoby Jones, and Marlon Brown, who, you know, had a franchise record seven touchdown catches as a rookie last year. So none of those guys are going anywhere. The fifth, the guy in the lead for the fifth is a rookie by the name of Michael Campanero. He went to Wake Forest. He's a local kid here. Um, he grew up in the area. And, um, you know, he's had a pretty good camp. Uh, you know, and the other thing is they traded for him. You know, they they had no seventh round pick, uh, but they traded back into the draft this year, uh, traded a sixth round pick this coming year to get a seventh rounder this year. You know, the Ravens really value draft picks. So if they're going to trade for a guy, uh, you know, it's be surprising if they'd let they cut him uh, right away. And, and you know what, to be honest, Campanero's done nothing to get cut. He, he's looked pretty good. He's a little slot guy, shifty guy. The Ravens really haven't had that type of guy. So um, I, I expect him to make it and he get that fifth spot. The sixth spot is sort of up between uh, two or three players. There's, um, you know, Deontay Thompson, who's probably the leader for it. He's had a really good preseason. He ran a kickback 108 yards for touchdown against the Cowboys. He caught a touchdown pass against the Redskins. You know, he was on their Super Bowl team. They've had him for a while. He's just sort of a you know, really fast guy. He's just sort of struggled to stay healthy and be consistent on the practice field and really hasn't gotten an extended look. Then you have Kamar Aiken, who's been on a, several teams, Patriots included, uh, who's been cut a couple times. And he, you know, he's had a better camp probably in practice than Deontay Thompson, but I, I, they know Thompson a little more, so that may give Thompson the edge. And then another guy is an undrafted rookie named Jeremy Butler. Uh, at this point, he's probably the number three in the competition and probably destined for the practice squad. But he, he showed some good things, and the Ravens traditionally carry an undrafted free agent wide receiver and sort of groom him, so you can't count him out either. It's, it's probably the biggest uh, you know, competition battle they have left in training camp. Well, certainly a lot of things to look out for tonight on the Ravens' side offensively and defensively. That's Jeff Zrebeck from the Baltimore Sun. Jeff, thanks for the preview and enjoy the game tonight. My pleasure. Take care.
When we come back, I'll wrap things up, and we'll talk a little two-lane football with the voice of the Green Wave, Todd Graffanini. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Ticket plans for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. There's a variety of packages for all fans, featuring half-season and 12-game options, including the ever-popular weekend plan that averages a couple of games a month. Packages start as low as $185. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and take flight with your Pelicans today. Smoothie King asks, what's your purpose? My name is Trish, and I want more balance in my life. I feel like all I do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way. And then I feel guilty, and I start thinking, I need to spend an hour on the elliptical, but I don't have time. I want to eat better. I want to feel better. That's my purpose. We can blend that. Find your balance with the new Greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by Chobani. Find pleasure in your purpose at Smoothie King. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Well, not only is it a game day for the Saints, but it's a game day for the Tulane Green Wave. Tulane opens up their season against Tulsa tonight, and joining me from Tulsa is the voice of the Green Wave, Todd Graffinini. Todd, happy game day to you, my friend. Happy game day to you, Daniel. Uh, fun day, obviously, with everything going on and to start the college football season on national TV, new conference, it's uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. Absolutely. Todd Tulane is coming off their first bowl appearance last season since 2002. Now, it seems like leading up to tonight, like you said, there's a certain buzz in the air uh, in New Orleans just talking about this Tulane Green Wave team. No question about it. And I'm sure you've seen by now the, uh, the student tickets on Twitter. They put 500 more student tickets out. We sold out our allotment. For students, 4,300 student tickets were sold out in about a day and a half, and the demand was so high they put 500 more out today. And they started lining up at 4 in the morning oh, wow. across uh, from in front of the Wilson Center, and the line stretched all the way past the entrance of the stadium to the Hertz Center, which is about 100 yards. And uh, we haven't seen anything like this at Tulane since the Perry Clark days of basketball back in the early 90s. Throw uh, so along, you know, not only the students, though, but the general public uh, sold out the individual game against Georgia Tech in 14 minutes. So to say there's a buzz uh, is almost an understatement. It's, it's very, very exciting and really unprecedented stuff that I've seen at Tulane. Is it a combination of both just the stadium opening and the team coming off a bowl game appearance and the excitement for this season? I mean, is that the combination of why this buzz is happening right now for Tulane? I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think the novelty of the stadium obviously might outweigh uh, what we did on the field last year. Uh, you, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who was uh, who, who's a graduate of Tulane, graduated about 15 years ago, and he told me something that really resonated. Uh, you know, this freshman class, uh, these kids that literally just started school uh, on Monday, they got to be the luckiest kids ever yeah. to come in <laughs> and to, to walk into a situation where we're literally opening up a brand-new football stadium two weeks into their college careers. You know, all the, all the kids that have been at Tulane going back to 1975 have never experienced anything like this. So uh, there obviously is just a lot of interest on campus, and uh, 
know, we, we still haven't even seen what's going to happen on actual game days when you get into the tailgating situation with the tents on campus and the quad and, and people tailgating in their houses literally yeah. in the neighborhood. It's going to be unbelievable. A very exciting time for sure. Todd, let's talk about this team they're playing tonight. Who are some players to look out for on this, uh, this year's Tulane football team? Well, as far as the wave, number one, it, it has to start at quarterback, and it's a kid by the name of Tanner Lee, who is a Jesuit product, uh, redshirted last year. And, look, he's got all the tools. He's He's got a grasp of the offense. The big unknown, though, is he's never played. He has not taken a, a live snap in a college football game. Uh, that is going to be a very big key for uh, Tulane to see if he can handle the pressure of everything that's going on tonight. Remember, uh, this is a conference game. Tulsa moved into the American Athletic Conference along with Tulane. And uh, to start your career, like Tanner Lee is going to do on national television, oh, by the way, it's conference, that's a, that's a lot to throw at a young man, but I think he can handle it. Um, it it's really going to start with him, how he's going to do. Uh, defensively, it's Lorenzo Doss, who is you know, on every major uh, watch list. Uh, defensively, 12 career interceptions in in two years. Uh, he is a lockdown corner on the right side, really an anchor of our defense. Uh, our, our defensive backfield is very, very stout, and it starts with him. So those are the two main cogs uh, on our team as far as having not played a game as of yet. But those are guys you have to watch tonight. You mentioned Tulane joining a new conference, the American Athletic Conference. Tulsa comes over with you. New schedule, new conference opponents. It's not an easy conference to transition into, but is it safe to say that this is a big upgrade as far as competition and benefits for the athletic department? Absolutely. And it starts, the competition is one thing. Uh, the monetary aspect of it is another. It's a major upgrade. And you know, just talking the last couple of weeks, you could actually see this year, Tulane play better football all around uh, and not have the results on the scoreboard as far as wins and losses just because of the upgrade in the schedule. And you're talking about playing UCF this year who won a BCS bowl game out in Tempe uh, or in Glendale last year. Uh, you're talking about Cincinnati uh, who were playing on Halloween night at home. Uh, they're actually picked to win the league uh, over UCF. East Carolina's moved over uh, from Conference USA. Uh, I mentioned Tulsa. Uh, those teams have had great success over the years. And then, you know, playing uh, the old teams like we used to play again in Memphis and Houston, uh, new teams in Temple and UConn. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Oh, by the way, we're also playing Southeastern, who's uh, ranked number two in the FCS, and we're going to Duke and two Rutgers this year. So the schedule is a major, major upgrade from last year. And you just uh, you just want to see Tulane be able to compete week in and week, week out with these teams. Yeah, should be a good one, not to mention Georgia Tech, the opener, so two ACC teams Absolutely. in there. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, by the way. Yeah, just a, just a little team at Georgia Tech. But, uh, yeah, uh, a big schedule there for the Greenway. Before I let you go, Todd, I want to mention uh, tonight Ryan Griffin, former Greenway quarterback, Going to get a lot of snaps and battling for that backup spot. 
behind Drew Brees. You've had the pleasure of calling Griffin's games in college. And from watching him with the Saints, how much have you seen him grow in the past couple seasons? And, and how cool is it just to see him, uh, a Tulane standout, play for the black and gold? It's awesome. And look, Ryan Griffin deserves everything that's come to him because he's earned it. The last half of his senior year was as dominating a quarterback performance that I've seen at Tulane, and I'm starting my 24th year uh, at Tulane uh, as a part of the broadcast team. And the reason why he is where he is is because that senior year, he knew the playbook backwards, forwards, sideways, up, down. And the last half of the year, we did not need an offensive coordinator. He would go onto the the, uh, field after the huddle, and he would read a defense, and single out the matchups and absolutely pick people apart. And that is why he is with the Saints, because we run the Saints offense. And what you're seeing now in the NFL is basically what he was doing uh, at Tulane, except now his arm is a little bit stronger uh, than what it was at Tulane. So he he is a neck-up guy. He will beat you with his wits. Um, Now he's starting to get the tools as far as actual arm strength which he had at Tulane, but you could tell watching him uh, with the Saints that it's gotten uh, better. So uh, I love what I've seen with Griffin. I just I hope he really, really plays well tonight and, and uh, maybe gets the backup spot. But I, I would be I mean, stunned if he wasn't on the team. I, I think that's a given. Right. Well, certainly be fun watching Griffin play tonight and also to see what Tulane football has in store all year long. That's the voice of the Green Wave, Todd Graffinini on the Black and Blue Report. You can watch the game at 7 Central on CBS Sports Network, but turn the volume down and listen to Graff on 106.1 The Ticket. Todd, appreciate you coming on, and have a good call tonight, and best of luck tonight and for the season. Anytime, Daniel. It was a pleasure. Pleasure was all mine. Well, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks to Todd, Brian Dixon, Joel Myers, and Jeff Zrebeck. For coming on today's show. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Black Blue Report for lineups and much more. Plus, you can follow me at D. Salerson. Make sure you log on to NewOrleansSaints.com before, during, and after the game for plenty of coverage and videos from tonight's action. On tomorrow's show, we'll recap tonight's game and hopefully we'll have Pelicans guard Austin Rivers stop by Studio B. So, another can't miss show tomorrow. I'll be in the hosting chair as Sean has another day off. Hope everyone enjoys the game tonight, and until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.